Hello there, this is Fantastic Noise. In this episode of the podcast, we are looking at storytelling with John Shields, editor of the Beyond Today podcast from BBC Radio 4. I'm Terry Lee. Thanks for your time and thanks for your ears. Thanks for choosing this podcast. There are surveys that say journalists are near the top of the least trusted professionals in the UK. In a world with fake news and where anyone can make a YouTube video or record a podcast, it seems the public is understandably sceptical of what they see and hear. This probably isn't fair on people doing a great job making news programming though. A term that's being used increasingly, perhaps partly to bypass the word journalism, is storytelling. And I think it's a good word, because good journalism requires the ability to tell a story that captures the attention of its audience. And there are lots of great examples of good radio and audio storytelling out there now, using journalistic techniques and with qualified journalists guiding the listeners through the process. Qualified journalists. Uh, To assist me in the studio, I'm joined by a broadcast journalism student from the University of Bedfordshire. It's Carolina Kamada. Hello, Carolina. Hello, everyone. And thank you for joining us. Why did you want to do journalism? Why do you want to be a journalist? You know what? It started when I was a little girl. I always enjoyed people on TV. I thought I would like to become an actress, but then over the years it's changed and I realized that I enjoy writing stuff, um, watching news, and then somewhere in my head just I created the idea that I would like to be a journalist. And do you worry that the good name of journalism is tainted at the moment? Is that a concern? Well, maybe I'm not concerned, but I'm aware that there is that... um, Thing because many people think that now social media and YouTube like they took over the place of journalists and everyone wants to create the content without like going like to the university and then they say oh we're journalists but they're not mm. really so then we people who study it and we want to actually go to um, news programs and like documentaries people think we're not as good as in the past or something like mm. we're not that trustworthy yes exactly and, and and people need to be able to trust journalists to trust the news they hear so it's a it's tricky when the barriers to entry to to say something on a platform are taken away because uh, who do you trust coming up in today's fantastic noise we're going to hear from the editor of bbc radio 4's beyond today podcast john shields He tells us about the processes involved in his team creating their daily podcast, as well as giving insight into how they make programming decisions and great advice to budding storytellers. Later, we shall be analysing some radio jargon with the Radio Word of the Week. But first, not long after I graduated from university, I got a job to help to launch Future Radio in Norwich as a full-time community radio station. It was the year 2007. My favourite band at the time were called The Bees and they just released their album Octopus. The top track from that album was called Listening Man and the lyrics were Just a listening man doing the best I can. Carolina. That was so creative. Thank you. Carolina, what have you been enjoying listening to recently? Um, I think it depends where I am. 
um, not all of you know, I'm from Poland. So while I'm there, uh, I don't know, I drive a car, go groceries. I would listen to um, radio stations for like young people with soft new soft news music. But uh, while I'm here in England, I enjoy listening to podcasts, um, but not English one. It's an Australian podcast called The Health Code Podcast. It's um, c- created by an Australian couple. They give many lifestyle tips as well as fitness. Uh, I enjoy it because it's very energetic. It's um, casual. They uh, created and recorded at home. They have like a private studio. So it's just funny and casual to listen to. Interesting, and and I also enjoy the way that you say Australian with an Australian sort of tins to your accent. <laughs> um, I think no. I've been listening for too long. <laughs> yeah. no, it's brilliant. So it's a podcast about health. So what sort of topics come up exactly? So recently they got a baby. So some of the podcasts were about baby, mm. uh, how go through like healthy pregnancy, but also about meditation, um, trainings, different diets, or more like being on a lifestyle diet not uh, you know counting calories but just basically living the healthy life so different like interesting topics and why does that appeal to you exactly i've been re- interested in like more healthy lifestyle mm. recently i wanted to like start changing some parts in my diet so and then i found um the girl who was on that podcast on youtube and then i realized they have a podcast as well and it just started like that perfect and yeah, yeah. with podcasts you can listen to them whilst you're doing something else so I, I usually listen to it when i go like shopping perfect. or when i go somewhere yeah i like to share something that i'm listening to as well and this week i'm going to keep to the theme and recommend something that i've started listening to and i'm really enjoying of revolving around storytelling although I'm nowhere near the end of this podcast series yet, so I, I mean, I could end up deciding I didn't like it at all, but I think I'm going to like it. It's called uh, Paradise. It's a BBC podcast series. It's the story of an English couple murdered in Guatemala in 1978, and it's brilliant because it's a great mix of investigative journalism, archive footage, there's great sound design, there's that behind-the-scenes-esque audio footage where like you're hearing recordings that you're not really supposed to hear, but above all, excellent storytelling it, it just guides you through as a listener the bbc journalist dan maudsley he does a great job leading listeners through the process ultimately this is a podcast series that i think journalism students can learn a lot from and i will be uh, over the course of the academic year carolina yes, i'll be definitely yes, getting you that. to listen <laughs> well certainly to the first few episodes that i've listened to and i'm sure it will continue in that vein so i'm guessing you've not come across this podcast no i've never heard about it to be honest no so. i think it only came out um earlier this year 2019 so it's relatively new but these yeah. things uh, it's an old story ultimately so it's still relevant to listen to whenever you get round to it Dear listener, if you are keen to tell us about something that you've been enjoying listening to, we'd love to include what you've been listening to in a future podcast. So please email fantasticnoise at beds.ac.uk if that's the case. So back to the focus of this episode, storytelling. I popped down to New Broadcasting House to where BBC Radio 4's Beyond Today podcast is made. They kindly invited me into one of their studios. I got time to speak with John Shields. I'm the editor of the Beyond Today podcast. And BBC journalist for around 15 years. John took a slurp of his hot drink before remembering he wasn't supposed to have it in the studio. I think it's fine here because you... 
Bad, bad studio craft. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, I'm the worst at doing that. Tell my students one thing and then... I started by asking John to describe Beyond Today to anyone who hadn't listened to it, but first, a short clip from that podcast. Hello, I'm Matthew Price and this is Beyond Today from BBC Radio 4. Every day we ask one big question about one big story. Uh, the idea is that we take one story and we look at it in depth for around 20 minutes, give or take. And the the, the theory behind it was uh, when we pitched it just over a year ago now and launched it just less than a year ago, that uh, when you're looking on social media or on TV news, you see dozens of stories every day where you sort of capture a bit of it. You know, you might see a take or two from a friend or from a celebrity. What's hard to do is kind of slow down and go deep and really understand something uh, interesting where you're going to learn something a, a bit more and maybe something a bit more useful. So that was very much the spirit. We want to use all the resources that we have in the BBC, which are incredible. We know we've got great journalists and storytellers and experts in all kinds of fields. You know, we're sitting in the middle of the languages section where people broadcast to the world in all kinds of different languages. And we just wanted to use those, find one place where we can kind of funnel all those amazing resources into telling a story every day that an audience will find interesting and useful. You focus on, on one story, as you say, in, in each episode of the podcast how do you decide those stories how does that work what's the process involved in deciding those what we do every morning is we look at um what's called within this building an old-fashioned news list which is so uh, news programs like the 10 o'clock news or the today program on radio 4 it have always been put together partly by responding to what's going on in the day but partly by Sort of forward planning and so there's always in the BBC there's a m- meeting every morning eight o'clock where people from all around the BBC get together and they decide roughly what the news of the day is and is likely to be and you know what that you so that's a combination of what's the Prime Minister doing is Greta Thunberg setting sail for New York these are th- these are things that we know are going to happen and that goes on to a news list which is how this place the BBC has functioned for as long as I've been here which is about 15 years um, and then, obviously, in recent years, uh, we've brought in something which the sort of the fancy term is social listening. But it's basically looking at what looking at social platforms. What are people chatting about? What are people interested in that maybe is being missed by the news? And also, we just talk amongst ourselves. We have a, a, a young team um, who are interested in stuff, and we figure out if one of us is interested in it, then there's a good chance the audience is being interested in it. So, for example. Uh, we're planning an episode for tomorrow, uh, which is about um, violence against women in South Africa, because there have been a couple of high-profile or not more murders recently of young women that have caused a huge reaction in South Africa. And that's something I had l- not seen on my feeds or seen in the news, but Seren, one of our producers, because she's a bit more plugged into um, what's going on in Africa and sort of and her s- social connections were sort of telling her was a big story and then we looked at it a bit more and it's I guess the second so we're looking at what's current what are people talking about and the second thing is can we make a 20 minute episode about it because that's actually there are lots of things that are interesting but maybe there's not enough to say for 20 minutes mm. so so that's why we're I mean partly we're called beyond today we want to go a bit deeper so that discussion with Sarah and she was she was like well my social feeds are going crazy about these murders in South Africa 
and then we dug a bit deeper you know what what more can we say so we're just looking at that is there south africa has a has one of the worst um rates of violence against women in the world so there's obviously a kind of deeper story that we can investigate so that's i guess the other the other element we're always looking for is how are we going to keep people engaged over 20 minutes so there's got to be a good story and there's got to be something bigger that you can say about it beyond it's, the headline it's, in, it's interesting that you, you bring up the the 20 minutes because because your episodes are, are generally approximately that length but of course the advantage of a podcast over a, a traditional uh, i guess linear radio program is that it doesn't have to be a certain length so so why why have that 20 minute limit I mean, it's a guide, really. Um, so, you know, I'm now, I'm now spooling back to when we first pitched it. I started noticing things like, I, I think it's not really rocket science. It's based on most people seem to go for a podcast when they're commuting. Um, the average length of a commute is about 25 minutes. Mm. Um, I noticed like on Spotify, a lot of, you know, albums, and I suppose they're not even old-fashioned albums that are dropped now by artists around 20, 25 minutes as a sort of magic it seems to be a slightly magic number in terms of if you're looking for something long form, it's a kind of it's a good length. I mean, obviously, I know, um, you know, there are other podcasters who, you know, the Mark Marons of the world go up to like an hour and a half sure. with one conversation. But and for us, we've we've found that it's, you know, you can get to a satisfying place in 20 minutes in terms of the story you're trying to tell. So it just seems to work. If if there were some golden content though that that came up landed on your laps something that would surely work if it were forty five minutes or an hour would would it be considered or would would the uh, format yeah, dictate otherwise Yeah, I mean, so we do different. You know, we we actually what's unusual for us compared to other podcasts is we we mix and match the formats a bit across the week and across the months. And so most Fridays we tend to do a a longer sort of celebrity style interview. And those can go up to half an hour. I mean, the other thing we have done is we actually commissioned, had a whole series, a six-part series called The Deadliest Day, which if you spool back to July in our timeline, it went out across a week. And that was a you know, young journalist came to us with a story about mental health amongst um, young veterans of the Afghanistan conflict. And um, and that was, she just had so much material and it was such a good story that we said we assigned a, her a producer and an engineer and said okay go off you've got three months to do it and tell it over six episodes and that was really satisfying actually I would, I would definitely like to do to do that again so you you, you mentioned here about the, the different ways that you, you are telling stories on, on beyond today because I've heard you know those single interviews or or episodes where there's a, a few different interviews or clips from different BBC output and radio TV on location recordings how how do you decide which stories require which techniques that's a very good question and it it'll often be um who's come to us with the story is it um is it a story where we're going away and trying to piece it together through little bits of sort of jigsaw pieces that we're finding around the place or if it's you know, really driven by a personality like, for example, you know, Stacey Dooley talking about her journalism. And obviously there you just basically open the faders and let her talk uh, with, a, with having dreamed up a few good questions in advance. Mm. And so there are a few people like that. I think, you know, with the 20 minutes thing, it's tough because actually there aren't, in my experience, that many people who are 
interesting enough to sustain a full 20 minutes by themselves but when you get them you really want to give them that time so it'll it'll be a mixture of you know you do we do a lot of pre-interviewing where whoever's on the story or the case study you'll interview them and you'll get a sense as a producer quite quickly whether this is someone who is going to tell their story in three or four minutes and then that's probably enough and you want to move on to something else or whether they're so fascinating that you just want to devote the whole program to them i mean the other thing i should also mention is time i mean we're always we're a daily podcast it's quite it's a really tough turnaround we you know the exciting thing for me is being in we're sort of between my background is in news which is a lot of fast turnaround stuff and obviously other people on the team come from documentaries where you tend Mm -hmm. to get weeks or months to put something together we're kind of in the middle where we spend two three days which is a great space to be but it means sometimes we are putting together episodes in a day in which case you don't actually in that case it's really hard to find the time to do incredibly complex mixes and finding all the right audio and scripting around it um i mean the ambition is always to do the the highest production we can but those tend to take several days so obviously if it's a if it's a story that we know a long time in advance one of the best performing episodes we've done was was with one of the Thai cave rescuers, a guy called Vernon Unsworth, and we knew in advance we had an exclusive interview with him. He was coming into the studio, and even though he wasn't the greatest talker in the world, his story was amazing, like the access he had, that story of getting the boys out of the cave in Thailand. We just knew that given time, we'll record the interview, we'll sit on it for a week, we'll add some sound effects, some music, uh, we'll really edit the interview nicely so that we take out all his ums and ahs and his pauses and we'll just polish it into something beautiful and, and it, you know, it worked really well. And that's, that's interesting and inspiring, I guess, for, for budding storytellers in itself, how you might have someone in the studio with you who you initial, your initial thoughts are this person doesn't sound great for radio, but if you, you dig deeper and help them uh, using audio techniques, maybe you can make an engaging story for, for listeners. Yeah, and then over the years, I mean, I, I I just love audio. I love manipulating audio. And I used to think, even working in news, which is tight turnaround stuff, even if you've only got 20 minutes to edit some tape to go on air, I always used to think part of my job is making people who aren't very good at talking sound like they are good at talking. Sure. Um, I mean, you can take even the, a really lousy interview and turn it into something with an, if you've got the time and if the story's good enough into something that's going to be compelling. Do you actively, on, on Beyond Today, look for these different angles on stories? Because obviously, for example, Brexit, we're here, we hear a lot about that on, on every news source. But, but do you like find yourself as a team thinking, how can we cover this differently? To, and, and if so, why? Why would a listener want that? Um, well, I think we from the outset, we always wanted to create a space that people will actively want to come back to and I think that you know a lot of the problem or a lot of the reason why people find the news off-putting is because it can be overwhelming it can be depressing you can feel like you don't really understand it so there's a sort of turn-off factor and we wanted to avoid that by not sort of adding to the hours and hours of coverage that's all quite samey mm. um and so we're always thinking if, you know, if everyone else is zigging, how can we zag? Because <laughs> um, hopefully we'll create a space then 
where you, your expectation will always be of something a bit different so that it's worth sticking with us. Um, so even if you've had a long day in the office and you don't fancy more Brexit news, well, at least even if we are doing Brexit, we'll have a slightly different take, which makes us um, somewhere worth coming back to. Because that is, that is the huge difference between podcasting and uh, radio, in my view, is that people have to actively choose to listen to you that's really exciting but it's also a much harder job one one thing i actively chose to listen to content of yours uh, and it will make sense as to why i did this was an episode about the uh, i guess the birth of extremists in luton and in the crowd sort of gathered and there was a big standoff and the police got in between the two and they had placards which was quite shocking at the time Horrible, you know, I mean, I was like, which is a basroom. At the time, and you felt, well, you just felt shocked. So it got a reaction out of everybody, that's for sure. We just Bearing in mind, I'm from the University of Bedfordshire and based in Luton, and I have students, many of whom are from the area. Um, this was this was great, a great episode, a timely episode for me to be able to, to show the students and help educate them a little bit as well. But, but how... How do episodes like that come about? Well, that one is, it's a combination. I mean, it's always, it's very hard to know where the really good episodes come from. And it's always a combination of, there's a kind of science to it, which is you can plan properly and make sure you're sort of, you've got your radar for stories kind of ticking over. But there's always an element of um, kind of serendipity and there's a bit of an art to it of just knowing when you've got something good. So we know that we're the far right is an interesting story for us and the rise of the far right is something that people are interested in. So we're always looking out for stories like that. We also know that part of the spirit of Beyond Today has always been traditionally in the BBC. It's full of amazing journalists, a lot of them young. Traditionally, the BBC, there was a sort of pecking order, partly because of the demands of live broadcasting that to get onto the 10 o'clock news or to onto a, to do a live story on one of the Radio 4 news programmes like today, you have to have a certain amount of experience because it's a tough gig live, you know, live reporting. Podcasting, you've got a bit more freedom yeah. just to give some space to maybe younger journalists who have a great story, maybe not fully honed on the live, you know, on that sort of live on the 10 o'clock news, high stress TV environment. Um, and in this case, so we're always looking for those people. In this case, Georgia, um, who's working on the team, uh, is actually from Luton. And she was for a while saying, I think we can do a great episode on kind of where Tommy Robinson came from just through a combination of my, uh, you know, her local contacts. And um, so that was one that was kind of a, spent a little while kind of gestating. But, you know, I've learned a lot that if if someone's got a passion for a story, which Georgia had because it's her hometown then you're sort of halfway there, really, because mm. if you're looking to engage people, you can hear instantly in someone's voice whether they're whether they themselves are passionate about the story they're trying to tell, and that's that's half the battle. You know, if you're trying to force someone to tell a story they don't want to tell, it never works out. Carolina, John spoke there, among other things, about the importance of a journalist being passionate about the story that they are telling. In your experiences so far. Is that important? I can truly agree with that, and I think it is very important. 
So from my experience, especially from news days, which we have at the university, mm. sometimes we get stories which we are not interested about. And I know it can be a struggle to finish the story and just basically create something. Mm. While the journalist is very interested in the story, knows details about it and is passionate, I think the final content can be very like interesting and audience will be enjoying it. So I think, yeah. It's very important. Mm. I, I think. Um, I, I think. Obviously, as a journalist, it's important to be able to tell the stories that even you might you might not be interested in. Yeah, but sometimes it's harder yes. when you're not interested. Absolutely, I can un- imagine that. Um, we also spoke, spoke John and I uh, about um, the fact that this podcast does that storytelling thing in in a bit more depth than you might get on the traditional linear radio station. So. Uh, by having at least 20 minutes per episode to focus on one issue gives you a little bit more time to explore something Mm. around that subject. I guess that's not something that you've had a chance to do yet as a broadcast journalism student. Yeah, I haven't done this because usually um, in our course we just do short two minutes, three minutes um, packages which not really go to every detail in the story. We are like very limited but I think like 20 minutes, half an hour podcast or show would be very good like to just tell more details about everything. We talked, um, John, about the, the different storytelling, I guess, devices that they, they use in, in the podcast series. So the different ways in which they, they might choose to, to tell a story. Uh, for example, having just one interview with one person is a way of doing it, But but John believes that there aren't many people interesting enough to sustain that. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's possible to just have one story who's going to be so passionate and can just say everything. But then sometimes people are just not good in radio and talking. So then you have to use different like techniques to just make it interesting and more creative, so, like using different audio music. We do it sometimes in the news day if we have an interview with someone who doesn't really want to talk. But we need to change it somehow so the listener will be enjoying it. One one other thing that jumped out as well um, is is how the Beyond Today podcast is, I guess, used as a chance to give opportunities for for new journalists. And and we mentioned a Luton-based journalist that has worked on the podcast who ended up making an episode about extremism in Luton. Um, and I guess that's that's what brought on the conversation about being passionate about the story that you're you're telling would you aspire to work for the bbc something like that would that be up your street you think i don't want to choose only like one option for myself like yeah i want to end up in bbc or sky sports like i'm open for everything so if i get a chance work for bbc yes why not like Mm. i would like to try it i'm not sure if i want to stay in england for like all my life or in some point I will go back um, to my country but definitely if I have a chance to work for one of like the biggest channels and stations in UK why not so Carolina you've now listened to some beyond today podcast episodes what is it about the way that they tell a story that that you quite admire um I, I think I enjoy that um, they try to make people comfortable within their podcast they want us to come back and listen it to more um, with news, it's like when people are tired after work, they don't really want to listen to news in the car or in the train station because it's overwhelming. Whereas podcast, it's more casual, more friendly. 
and you can find so many different topics and they can make you feel better so i think that's what beyond today tries to do yeah i, I think you're i think you're spot on and the other thing of course is because every episode focuses on one thing you can look at the title of an episode yeah. and, and make a decision like i'm not feeling like brexit today i'm gonna listen to you know the episode from two days ago instead exactly like they try to mix and match different topics from i don't know celebrities lives to brexit stories so mm. you can find everyone will find something for themselves in part two of the conversation, I started by asking John to talk about the ingredients of excellent storytelling. Well, actually, we talk about three ingredients to a great story. Um, we talk about access, connection and surprise. So a great, all of our great podcasts have those in common. Surprise is quite obvious like by the end of the podcast have you told me something i didn't know before like that is a simple thing about because a lot of news if you think about it it just reinforces something you already knew like really the best news stories change your view of something mm -hmm. so that's surprise going backwards connection is just is this story something that it, how how do we make it in some way relevant to our audience is it through who's telling it is it just through the way we tell it like how do we find that connection that it's going to really make people want to listen. And the access thing, though, is key is um, can you, through your journalism or through the person telling the story, access a world that the audience isn't, doesn't know about? So that world could be a cave in Thailand. It could be the far right in Luton. But either way, in the case of the Luton episode, you know, Georgia was sort of giving us that access. In the case of the Thai cave episode, it's the the man who went into the cave himself who gives you that access but i think um and what i think what a lot of especially young journalists starting out may not realize is you probably have through your own connections access to a world that not everyone else has got so finding a story that like that yeah takes advantage of the access you have you know you may already a lot of a lot of journalists think starting out thinking, well, I can't be a great journalist because I don't have the connections. You know, I don't know people in 10 Downing Street or captains of industry or whatever, that sort of old fashioned way of looking at journalism. But, you know, people, everyone knows somebody who's got a story. And as long as that story is going to take an audience into a world that they will find interesting and they may not know about, then you're halfway there. I just want to quickly ask a question briefly about the importance of writing and, and, and scripts and, and, and being sensitive with your language as a you know as a broadcaster or a podcaster. Because I guess one one thing as a, a tutor and, and a, someone who looks after a radio station at the university I'm always conscious of is is people being a bit too free and pub chattish on air and, and possibly getting us into trouble or, or you know saying something which really is not a, a appropriate for broadcast or about maybe someone who's famous or things like that. How, how important is it to, I guess, have a, a script or, or things written down, especially around, I guess, some sensitive issues? Um, I mean, if it's a very sensitive issue that you know could be uh, libelous, um, you know, if it's a right of reply, then 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 definitely you write it all down and you effectively read out a script. But I mean, I've gone on a bit of a journey in terms of of how because initially when I started this, my background was in radio news. Uh, on Radio 4, which is very highly scripted and planned, but as a result can be tonally quite stuffy and off-putting. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast and we're going to chuck the scripts out the window and we're just going to like let it all out. 
which is great and refreshing. And I've sort of since like dialed back a bit because I've realized that not only it's not just a question of getting in trouble, you know, you might um, offend someone. Um, it's also just letting it all out there. It then becomes hard to actually tell a story and to tell a story well. You have to kind of have a plan of where you're going to go, um, what you want to say, uh, you know, what are the points you need to hit. And then there's a sort of rhythm to, you know, wh- at what time in the story you're going to hit those points. I'm not saying we get this right every day. But when we do get it right, there's a really nice balance between, I guess, where we've ended up is kind of part scripting. So sometimes we'll work off bullet points. It depends on who's doing it. Um, it often it depends, you know, people prefer different things. Some people are great at reading in a very natural way, so they don't actually realise they're reading. Um, most people aren't. So then you work off bullet points and a plan. The luxury of podcasting is you can record and re-record until you get it right. Um, but I'm now, I would say, for me, the holy grail is leaving enough room in the script to sound natural and for those lovely offbeat sort of moments that 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 make you want to be in the same room as someone because they sound like you're in the pub, mm. but actually not being so unplanned that it is just like a rambling pub conversation. Sure. Um, you mentioned Radio 4 there, and, and, and I guess what's interesting is that this podcast has links to Radio 4, but being a speech-based station, Radio 4 content is highly podcastable already. So why is Beyond Today just a podcast and, and not a Radio 4 programme? That's a great question. I mean, the simple answer is the way if you're building a radio programme, there are certain things you have to hit. There's certain sort of structures that you have to have in place, especially somewhere like Radio 4 in terms of the timing and the language and the expectations of the audience, the Radio 4 audience, which is an old audience generally, mm. um, that... If you were to build something from scratch with the radio, with going out on Radio 4 in mind, you'd just be stuck in certain parameters. And right from the beginning with this podcast, we wanted to do something which was new for Radio 4 and for Radio News, which is if you just build something for digital, you know, digital first, as we say in the BBC, if you just build something to download and that's, let's just start like that and see what happens. And then, you know, if it turns into a radio programme, great. I mean, actually, Beyond Today has been, uh, over the summer, it was our sort of greatest hits episodes where I put out on Radio 4 and it worked really well. But we had to sort of squish them a bit to, into the time constraints. Mm. So it was, it, you know, it was us, but it didn't feel quite like us. And I guess on the similar thing, the connection between, between the podcast and Radio 4, I note that in the podcast you don't overtly promote... Radio 4, for a podcast called Beyond Today, for example, I don't hear anyone say, you should listen to the Today programme. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, so there's a sort of uh, kind of a BBC... Um, the, so we were launched at the same time that the BBC Sounds app was launched, which is, um, you know, all about making all the amazing BBC audio content kind of available in one place. And so that's sort of... We're kind of part of that infrastructure. Um, I mean, we do... We do share a lot of content with Radio 4 and guests. and But, yeah, it's always in a more casual way, I guess, than we don't want to sort of over-plug. A podcast that um, I guess I could make a comparison for Beyond Today, and, and I think in one episode your hosts do make this comparison as well. The New York Daily podcast. Yeah. Um, how, was, that, was that 
any sort of inspiration or, for Beyond Today, or was it just? Is it just? Um, I guess a coincidence that um, there are similar. Uh, ways? No, no, not at all. I mean, I mean, the Daily, the New York Times podcast was. Um, I actually happened to be in America um, when it was just when it was launching and turned into a big thing. So it was a huge inspiration for me. And they, I mean, they what they proved is that a there's an appetite for daily podcasts, mm. and b that you can kind of shape the journalism that's done every day in a big news organization into kind of narrative storytelling or narrative stories of the kind that podcast audiences it was the starting point for us um having said that you know we we are we do what how are we different well clues in the name we go beyond today like the 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 daily is is very much in their story selection and their treatment of stories uh, in a in a very good way, they are sort of on the nose, sort of front page. They call themselves the front page or the new front page, I think, of the New York Times. It's reflecting the New York Times agenda. Our agenda, we're always trying to move, like I say, zag instead of zig, slightly a beat away from where the rest of the newsroom is. And tonally, I think you know, the New York Times is, is the newspaper was known as the Grey Lady. It has a sort of very establishment kind of tone to it and obviously Radio 4 does traditionally um, we were you know we like to sort of at least undo a, the top button <laughs> a little bit and just we, we were always seeking to be a bit more relaxed in tone than I guess those guys are. So so how do the BBC decide whether or not you're doing a good job uh, with Beyond Today? Did, did Were there any targets from the offset? Is it judged in is someone making a decision whether or not they like it? How how does it work? Who, who makes that decision? Um, yeah, well, I mean, basically, we're you know, ultimately, we're accountable for numbers and how well we're doing. When we launched Beyond Today, we were very conscious that there was a gap in a lot of, especially in BBC News content, as we call it. So, obviously, there's, for want of a better word, old-fashioned news on radio and TV that serves the audience that grew up with that and who are very happy with that. There's digital news and more kind of youth-branded news, if that's the right word, that you get on Radio 1 and BBC 3 and places like that. And there was a kind of a gap, really, between roughly for people between 20 and 30 and a bit older, um, for people who don't want kind of overtly youthy stuff and they don't want... And they're probably, you know, grown up online, so some of the pre-digital ways of doing news feel a bit out of date. Um, yeah, we're kind of accountable for how much of those guys we hoover up in the end. You have to keep half an eye on on downloads and 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 that yeah, sort of those yeah, statistics. yeah. But also, I mean, uh, I mean, the other difference with podcasting is, I mean, everyone realizes, um, you know, you start with zero listeners. Mm. Podcasting, <laughs> and, you know, radio, you inherit some from whoever was on air before you, you know, just who just came off air when mm. you go on air. Uh, it's a long old. Uh, slog, but and we're doing you know we're doing really well. But um, uh, you know, I, I, I guess all I'm saying is that we I've quite rightly and I've had a, a real luxury of being given the space just to build. You know, we're not nearly we haven't even been going a year yet just to sort of see what we can do. But we will be held accountable in the long run. <laughs> make no mistake. John, thank you so much for your time. Just b- before we, we let you go, is there any one presenter or radio station or, or program or podcast that you would recommend uh, that we all listen to? Well, so when I was setting up Beyond Today, I kind of um, 
you know, I just did so much podcast listening. I mean, the things that really stand out for me are, um, so I thought Jonathan Van Ness, actually, he's a great podcast host. If the, um, the guy from Queer Eye, who he was quite inspirational in that he's not a journalist or anyone you'd expect with a sort of news background, but he gets in some really kind of highbrow guests sometimes to talk about, you know, what's happening in the Middle East or whatever. And just in, he's just incredibly enthusiastic host. Um, but what I sort of consistently, what I realize now um, as someone who's trying to produce something that is both like, that is both journalism, but also interesting, comforting chat that people are going to want to come back to, then I would hold up Reply All, which is a um, an American podcast that is ostensibly about tech, but is sort of winds up being about everything. And I realised the more I listen to that, the more I think this is so clever the way they put it together, because if you just listen to it for the first time, you think, oh, it's two mates just having a chat. But actually when you sort of listen to it with your producer head on, you realise that even there's lots of laughing and jokes, but it's all planned. They know exactly where they're going. They're doing proper journalism, calling people up, getting stories. Um, and they're just presenting it in a way that's very just refreshing and fun. And you want to listen every week that it comes out. So to me, those guys are the kind of holy grail. Like, how, how on earth do they do that? They're so good. Carolina, at the start of that conversation, John mentions the three ingredients for a good story. Access, connection, surprise. I thought that was such good advice. Nice to hear. What did you make of it? Yeah, I actually very liked it, especially the surprise part. You know, it's um, very important to surprise an audience instead of like, you know, classic fairy tale happy end, like when people know what what's mm. going to happen. Where here in podcasts, we should be expecting something new, something what we haven't known before so mm. yeah that was a good tip and and he talks about how we we all have stories to tell he, he talked a little bit about how uh some young journalists might not feel that they have uh, access to the right people in order to to make a good story but but you probably do is the point he's making because there's probably a fascinating story that only you uh, can tell and you just have to bring it out yeah i think it's just basically believing in yourself and everyone knows something it's just how you'll tell the story and uh, you just need to try a very good like tip he gave it's like you know transport people to the place where you are so mm. when you are like in the end of the world i don't know in some asian countries like bali make the audience feel that you are there and so they can feel the same way scripts we talked a bit about scripted material and uh, how john's advice has evolved over the year of, of making the podcast. He says he now subscribes to the idea of having a script, but leaving just enough space in the script to sound natural, uh, because different people to I guess have different ways of, of reading scripts, and some people are better than others. You have to read lots of scripts as a broadcast journalism student. Yeah, as a broadcast journalism student, I have to read a lot of scripts. Not all. This is not always a good idea because. Sometimes uh, people who you do interview with, they will talk longer or shorter. So I think it's good to have like a brief plan what you are going to say, but then just basically, you know, um, change things around while you read it and all that stuff. It depends on the story sometimes as well as to how much freedom you get. When you're doing a court story, for example, 
you're you're unlikely to vary greatly from from the prepared yeah you, you can't really change a lot of the stuff but then when you have some casual i don't know stories from luton that there's a new shop which is gonna going to be open you can you know change stuff easily or something like that so absolutely yeah. john said something which is kind of obvious yet it struck a chord with me uh, uh, perhaps as someone who is now uh, with this uh, very podcast looking at podcasting a bit closer than i used to how he says podcasts start with zero listeners it's not like radio where you inherit some people from the the program before and uh, and and the very concept of how do you bring people back uh, and and the importance of doing that why would people want to listen to you as a someone who listens to podcasts yourself do you ever think about making a podcast i think i've never thought about it maybe like once or twice oh that would be interesting that would be like easy way to talk about which i'm passionate about mm. but like you said and john said in the um, in the interview like you have to have the audience or like have people who you know will listen to you in the beginning and then just get more and more listeners so mm. that's a hard part but no i think that's fine and uh, and it's interesting to hear how important downloads are um for bbc beyond today and and that sort of measure of success not even for bbc i would say i think now everywhere when mm. you want to start creating something either even it's, if it's youtube or podcast or i don't know instagram it counts how many like followers you have how many downloads and everything so very yeah. true yeah the numbers the yeah, numbers counts up. this year in this age so uh, some correspondence now, and thank you to Graham for contacting the podcast. He congratulated us for being shortlisted for the Community Radio Awards in the Podcast of the Year category. Uh, at the time of publishing, the awards haven't happened yet, but everyone here at the University of Bedfordshire is just proud to be mentioned in, in such good company. So it's a very ample reward just to be on that list. Thank you, Graham, for getting in touch. Uh, also, thank you to Laura for her query about the radio drama episode that we will be recording next year. Uh, if you are listening to this before February the 26th, 2020, then please note there will be another live episode of the podcast uh, that you might wish to attend as part of the Beds Talk series. I'll put details on the social media channels about that, but the event will include Jeremy Howe, editor of BBC Radio 4's The Archers, as we focus on the production of radio drama. Uh, if anyone would like to contact us here at Fantastic Noise, be it with stories, suggestions, for future podcasts, feedback or something else. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at A Fantastic Noise. So, Carolina, before we go, let's visit vocabulary. So, oh no. <laughs> so I'm not testing you. This, you say, <laughs> oh no, it's not like we're in class. Uh, so many terms in uh, radio and audio seem to be with the aim of confusing. So be confused no more. It's time for the Radio Word of the Week. This time it's rotation, the repeating of a playlist over a given time. So, for example, a current song on the playlist A will play more times or be rotated more often than an older song on a radio station. So some commercial stations, for example, have songs on such heavy rotation you could hear them several times a day. So we're talking about songs on rotation, and, and if you hear that term... Hopefully, now you understand it's how often they come around because the scheduling software will throw the same, I know, song by Beyonce in so many times a day. Is this a 
term you were familiar with? Well, I've heard that word, but firstly, when you said rotation, what are we going to do? Like, I was confused, <laughs> but yeah, I was familiar, but probably I would use different word. Like, I don't know, it um, repeats very often or something like that. No, yeah. that's exactly what it means. Yeah. And, and yet, in the industry, that word rotation, when you're high-flying in a radio station, Carolina, when they talk about it, now you'll know what they're talking about. And you can tell them, what a silly word. Use something else. Yeah, I'll, I'll be ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> that is it for another episode of Fantastic Noise. So, thank you so much for joining us there will be another episode next week uh, do follow us on social media at a fantastic noise for updates and previews thanks to our guest today john shields editor of the bbc's beyond today podcast special thanks to my co-host carolina kamada thank you very much our artwork was produced by Stu elvin Stu with a double o and our theme music is by liam ayton remixed by daniel potter this podcast was produced by me for the university of bedfordshire's radio team and recorded in the studios of radiolab 97.1 fm i'm terry lee and this i hope you'll agree has been a fantastic noise